0: And welcome to the Fence End podcast. Uh, Simon here with uh, Fraser and Paul. How are we? Yeah, hello. All good, oh, good. Good, good. Uh, and we're also joined by uh, Grace from, um, from the supporters panel, but is also the Her Game 2 ambassador for Oxford United. Hi, Grace. How are you? Hello, I'm
1: good. How are you?
0: Very well. Very well. Um, we'll talk a bit about the the her game two game this weekend uh, against Exeter. We'll talk about the um, cabinet decision, and we'll talk about the games um, over the last week or so. Um, but I guess, yeah, firstly, let's let's talk about the game on Saturday against Exeter, which is uh, the club of marketing as the as a her game two. Tell us a, for those that don't know about her game two. Tell us a, a little bit about about the the movement.
1: OK, so it's a campaign that um, is all female fans and they got together in May 2021 to um, help eradicate sexism in the football industry um, and also to educate. It's not just about it's sort of getting trying to get rid of it, but educating on the people that are still sort of stuck in that cycle of saying things. Um, and so it's grown. We're now 73 out of the 92 Um, clubs so they're really growing on that but it's it's mainly to help um, educate on sexism and to eradicate it from um, football Um, they are going into the wider world so there is rugby and the cricket and ice hockey now they're doing um, but mine is the football side Um, and it's also to um, educate others on the importance of inclusive inclusivity and diversity in sport Um, so that is the main aim it's not I think a lot of people think it's to do with the women playing football side, so supporting, which we do, supporting the women playing, but it's more about trying to help female fans that go to the men's side. So that's the main aim is the men's side, eradicating the sexism from that, but also supporting women playing like our women's team, you know, trying to promote that. But it's also the sex, because sexism is just awful in football, um, especially at the moment. So that is the main sort of idea of the campaign so it's only been two two and a bit years and we've done 72 out of the 92 so i'd say that's good going
0: absolutely yeah and and you you're right it, it there's obviously still a long way to go as kind of demonstrated by what happened with the the spanish team um and and the whole fallout from that and and mm. the kind of i think it it does show that it, obviously at at that the lower level that we're operating at you know that any kind of uh, you know something sexism in any sort of form wouldn't get any kind of media coverage so it must be really difficult you know obviously that was a world cup final uh, and the whole world saw it and it became a major story which yeah. I, I guess in a way perhaps though it was obviously a wrong wrong maybe helped a little bit in terms of highlighting the the whole issue
1: Yeah, and I think because a lot of people will say, oh, there's no sexism. Girls just like the banter. It's just banter. You know, it's that thing. It's just banter. But it's not. It's overstepping that line, you know, where you can sort of say bantery things to your mates, but you wouldn't say that to a random girl on the street, you know. And it's going over that line that people just don't get. And so you say it's a bad thing with what's happening in Spain, but it's highlighting how big of an issue this is. Um, and really bringing the attention to, oh, wait, you know, what's going on here. So it does bring awareness, but it's still a bad thing as well. So we've got a long way to go, as Manning said in his interview today. We've got a long Mm -hmm. way to go. But because earlier on in the season for our fans, they are away at a game and there are some girls there who got some things said to them from the away fans And so it's still happening. It's still happening to Mm. our fans. They were with guys as well. So that's not putting people off. If they're with a guy, they're still saying things, you know, they're still chanting things. And so there is still, I think we are one of the best clubs for it. And overall they've been very supportive and you see all this sort of the dedication, you know, I did an event last year. They're very open to ideas, but there's still a long way to go because girls are still being, had things said to them at games at the beginning of the season. So you know, there's a long way to go, sadly, but we—I think—we're slowly sort of getting there. There will be people that won't change their mind. They'll always say women shouldn't be in sport. You know, we can't—we can't change everybody's opinion and everybody's mind. But if we can get, you know, some of them, I think—I think we're doing a good job.
0: It's the whole sort of different dip being held to different standards. Uh, I mean, I—I think it's something I've mentioned on the pod before because this was quite a while ago, but um a female pundit tweeted how she was watching a Sky game. Um, it involved Charlton and the the male pundit was pointing out that he felt Lee Bowyer. So it's going back a few years. Lee Bowyer was watching the game from the director's box. He was the manager. He said that, they're, they're, you know, they're struggling. He needs to be down on the touchline sorting this out. I don't know why he's up in the director's box watching the game. He needs to be down there getting this sorted out. And she pointed out the, the this pundit pointed out how, Lee Bowyer was at the time serving a touchline ban so he couldn't be on the touchline she said if that had been me commentating on the game or as the pundit and had pointed that yeah. out it would be well you don't know what you're talking about because you're yeah. a woman rather than yeah. you know it, it wasn't said well he doesn't know what he's talking about because he's a man it's that whole kind yeah. of yeah you either know what you're talking about or you don't it's got it's irrelevant whether you're a man or a woman you know that,
1: that yeah. and I, don't, I really don't know why football is like that. That you know, if it's a woman that's got something wrong, it's brought her sex is brought up, her gender right. is always brought up. But if it's a man that's got something wrong, and they do, you know, pundits yeah. and all those, sorts, they do get things wrong, and it's not brought up online or anywhere. Oh, he got it wrong, it's because he's a man, it's always yeah. the woman, you know, I think even out of yeah. football in workplaces and in just life you know if a woman does something wrong it's always her gender whereas a yeah. man does something wrong they're like oh dear you can do it again whatever but the gender mm. is always brought in when it's a woman i think
2: mm. yeah you mentioned Gives at it. the start grace that um did you say 72 clubs had about had yeah
1: 72 73 roughly yeah
2: so what does that mean that means that 72 have have taken oh, on yeah. board the yeah. right It surprises yeah. me that there's still 20 that haven't
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's just trying to get through and get people's. Because I think some of the old, the bigger clubs probably have their own sort of, right. Um, not campaign, but their own um like EDI sort of thing, that they will want to focus on that rather than bringing in another campaign. Um, I don't know all the why they haven't. Um, but there's only three or four in our our league that aren't partnered. Okay. Um, which is one of the one of the best leagues um, that have partnered. So they're still talking to some, but, um, yeah. So I don't know the whole reason. They will have tried to speak to some. Um, but we have been only going for, like, two and a half years. I joined when we partnered, so we've been going for two years now. Um, but, yeah, I think some will have their own sort of EDI version of things and think they can handle it, whereas they can't always
0: i think it's going back to the sort of success of the women's specifically the you know the national team doing so well over the last few years and the growth and and, and you know improvement in the quality of the game you know the, the levels have gone up you know exponentially over the last few years mm. you know <laughs> having started from a, a very you know short you know that that whole 50 odd years of not being allowed to play women's football on men's pitches um yeah. you know as you' are having to start from a you know from a, a different starting point so I think it's you know it, it's going to take a while for it to catch up fully um yeah but certainly I think that that, that. that that sort of the the is and, and you know Serena Viegman and you know um the Emma Hayes you know the, the quality yeah. of understanding and tactics and all of that sort of stuff. It's clear it's, you know, there, there shouldn't be a, you know, a, a gender, oh, well, because you're a man, you understand the game naturally better than a woman would. It, you know, I, I sit there, you know, you listen to enough blokes talking about football, you think you've got no idea what you're talking about. And, you, you know, and, and it, it it shouldn't be a gender thing, like you say. No. It should be, either you do or you don't know.
1: Simon, you were saying about this, we're starting with the lionesses and trying to get further along. But if you think back to 1921, the women's game yeah. was more popular than men's.
2: Yeah. Um, so they banned there, was
1: the... there was 150 women's teams back in mm. the 1920s before it got shut down. Yeah. Um, and there was 45,000 at um, Goodison Park, you know, the weekends mm. watching charity games because the women couldn't be paid. So they played charity games um, and they were getting more, um, more crowds than men's and that's one reason they shut them down but also it was because of the women's bodies it's apparently not good for their fertility and their their shape and all that sort of thing to stop so that's and I think they were just scared that the women would overtake
2: mm.
0: you
1: know the men's game and so I think we're going back to that and so we've got all that sort of behind us and so we're coming It doesn't feel like we're starting again, if that makes sense. I think we're just carrying that on from years and we've got all of that. And so we're carrying on and obviously the Lionesses are really in Savino and stuff are all helping um, with that. And so I think we're sort of, we're just carrying on the stepping stones that the 1920s and before had um, because it was extremely popular Mm. back then. And women did play, after they were banned but they were just in smaller um smaller places and it wasn't public really um, but then they got banned for 50 odd years for some stupid reason and now the lionesses are carrying that on i think um and they are doing an incredible job you know um but the thing also is that they wouldn't sell nike wouldn't sell mary Earps' shirt yeah for years commercial
0: her- reasons apparently yeah. and, and you commercial- think yeah if if Oxford United can sell you know home you know first second and third goalkeeper kits yeah. for a third division club that sell maybe a couple of hundred shirts yeah surely yeah, yeah. The, the England the England goalie is going to sell way more than that and for commercial reasons they'll make money it it yeah, may, makes just... no sense as a commercial
1: reason yeah no and just think yeah it's just mind boggling that they're having she's having to deal with that and she's like one of the best goalkeepers in the world
2: yeah.
1: you know and it's just if Nike have those sort of opinions you're a bit like where are we going with it? We you know Nike are one of the biggest sporting brands around. So there is still a long, long way to go, but we're getting there. I think we're we're slowly getting there, you know yeah. it's it's just the start really for this.
0: And in and in terms of, of Oxford United and the Her Game 2, you know, um movement within that, within the way, obviously this weekend the game against Exeter, the men's game against Exeter is being kind of put forward. And it's interesting, you know, you, you mentioned the the fact that it is kind of um the her game movement is is about women watching men's football rather yeah. than women's football as a you know as a whole. Yeah. But equally, I think there's there's perhaps that kind of sort of parity if you like with with promoting the women's game you know Mm -hmm. within oxford united you know we're oxford united we've got essentially two first teams a men's first team women's first team and and that sort of promotion of the game if if you've got that one club mentality which the club talk about you know the promotion of the women's game by the by the club's you know media channels the marketing and 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 such you know how, how how do you feel the club are doing you know in in terms of that you know they've been supportive is it something they feel they've got to do but maybe don't want not don't want to but it's kind of okay that that needs to be one game that we do every year
1: yeah I think so the women had a dedicated game in March that I organized um and they did a I don't know if you saw the really cool graphic of Carly Johns and Cameron Brannigan. so that really showed we did we put that out last year some point show the two games and that sort of brings the one the one club mentality I think and that was that was put forward by Gemma Sims I think because she saw it as Ipswich did it and it looked really cool because I think it shows and we are I, I do get the one club thing and I think we do talk about the women's game. I think sometimes maybe it would be good if there's a game a season that the men's team could go to the women's game to show. And I know they did it for the Academy last year. They had a big game and they all went, and I know obviously they're all busy, but I think that really will then, because it's all speak the one club mentality, but we need to show that one club mentality. And yeah, we're on the website and we've got the, you know, all the Twitter streams and people go, but I think, if kids saw like their favorite men's player going to a women's game, they'll be like, oh, let me go, you know, let me go and watch because, you know, some people are still like, I don't want to go and watch a women's game. Why would I want to watch? And so we really need to promote that. And Her Game too isn't completely just forget about the women's game, because we do theirs to support and they have their dedicated games and they are, we aren't um, partnered, the women's team aren't partnered, but we're trying to get that sorted. But um, I, th- I think we need to show a little bit more sometimes the, the one club mentality, you know. Um, we do talk, they do all the interviews online, which I think is good. But maybe having a game where they all come together and they all get behind the women, you know, a big game on a Sunday or something at home. And it, I think that then drills into people, oh, wait, they do take this seriously. We are the one club mentality. They show it, they prove it. And then we take it from there. But I do, I do think out of a lot of clubs, I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan. I think we do have that one club mentality. You know, whether they work, they play, or they watch football, women, I think are quite welcome in our club. Obviously, things are said. Uh, and, but social media is the worst for that, I think, for fans. But I think, we, I think we are a one club mentality. You know, they're really... I think Manning's really on that as well. Um, it's including the RTC, it's not just the women's club, you know, the first teams women, it's getting the RTC more well known. Can't I know you can't do certain things because of their age, but it's putting it out there that we have one and that it's doing really well. And the Academy have their games tweeted out. Why don't the RTC have stuff posted more regularly? Why don't they have more stories posted regularly? Why don't they have whoever's their manager talk more often to Chris? You know, it's that sort of just small things that I think would show a little bit more, oh, wait, that's my club. You know, I know people that play in the RTC. Why why don't they write articles? You know, I've quoted one of them in, in my and um, Mail article. You know, why can't they do that? I know there's legal legalities with their ages, but you can still bring them in. So the academies, you see everything about the academy, and obviously Stevie does an incredible job With the academy, and we know that, but we don't know about anything about the RTC. We don't know when their games are, we don't know their scores, you know. And that's Mm. one thing that I think is a small thing, but could make a huge difference to the girls coming in next year and the ones that are already there because they're like, oh, wait, I can see stuff online about me. You know, people are asking questions. I don't think people, a lot of people, know we have an RTC because it's not publicly out there, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah yeah it's it's about sort of visibility you know it's that whole you know if you can see it you can be it I know and it's very much that I think yeah absolutely you know that decision that was made uh, and the positivity like you said your mum spoke at the council cabinet meeting Paul from Oxford spoke Neil Williams there were a lot of really positive sort of views around football and how it can be a force for good within the community like you say you know there's, there's a release that you get going to watch, watch football. I know for a lot of people, you know, it it helps their mental health, you know, being able to talk to, to people at football about whatever might be troubling you. You know, it's sometimes it's easier to do that with, with friends at football than perhaps close friends or family, you know. Um, But I think going on to that decision with, with the cabinet, I think it's, it, it, it's shown how football has come together to, to, to get to a certain point i think using that going forward it, it can it can help the, the her game two movement as well you know it, it, i think it, there's there's so much positivity now around the club that we've we've all got behind something you know, i think it shows how that can that can work you know assuming we're not all blown up by a nuclear convoy going along the a34 <laughs> there we yeah. go
3: Yeah, Yeah. that is likely. It's a real opportunity for Oxford United to do that one club thing. I mean, it's a big Mm. part of it that they've said that you know the academy, the women's team, they can all go to the same stadium and do it. You know, now it's time for putting it in place, and you know you've got the perfect opportunity. You know, if they they've been to Parliament and stuff, you know, promoting that image, Mm. so now they've got to go and do it. and hopefully they'll come up with something good. But, uh, yeah, I think... And I'm not just saying this because uh, your mum spoke, but the the what people that spoke on in favour of the stadium did a really good job. There were a few people that maybe talked a little bit too much. Um, you didn't know what they were talking about. But there were some people who I don't think did the anti-stadium view much good by talking Um, but yeah it was it was it's such a good platform now you know we've got we've got a great opportunity now to show what we're about.
0: Yeah I think the the 9th of October I think is a day um, in the diary for Far more detail about the the plans, um, maybe some artist impression, a bit more about the transport links and how that might work. So I think there's a mm. a real chance for obviously you know there'll be even more detail when it gets to the planning, but it's a chance for the club to to now sort of show really how it's going to look, not not the kind of um, the artist impressions that have been put out that that bear no relation i think to how it's going to look you know they've talked about green roofs we've one of the re, the um the restrictions or one of the things the conditions rather on the lease put in place by the council is the is the net zero which is going to be re, you know it's going to be challenging but i think if we if we as a club want to build this world class facility you know that's been talked about um then those kind of targets have got to be met uh, and it, I'm I'm really excited about how this could look um you know they've talked about green roofs recycling um rainwater capture solar all of those sort of things I think a lot of fans are going to be really excited by by hopefully what the what the club produce
1: yeah and I think me and mum just butting in went to their last um open thing at one of the schools and we had a long chat with them about their ideas and showed them um some dis i've got a disability card that um means that i can jump queues and things and i don't use this just in case i have a a, a fainting sort of spell because mm. that's what i have is i have a condition that makes me sometimes faint but not very often and so I, we were showing that and so then they would think oh we'll accept that to for somebody to be dropped off because obviously there's not the car parking space. And also talking about the gardens, we were, we were suggested like a mental health garden, because there's charities Mm -hmm. that do mental health sort of gardens. And I think for the local community, that sort of side of things would be really good. So, you know, I think it will be exciting what they come up with and we can always, I'm sure they will ask fans for opinions, but you know, all the green sort of thing will be, Um, really helpful so I I think it's looking really good and also it would be a good place the women's team need a home yes they have somewhere they play but it's not linked it's far out of the city you know it's not easy to get to and they need somewhere where the academy are playing and the men's team are and they have one place everybody knows that is Oxford United it's not Oxford United in the Kazan and then somewhere else because the academy, train, they play at the training ground, I believe. Mm. So we're all spread out. We're not in one, we're not one one group. Yeah. Yeah. And we need a home uh, because the Kazam isn't a home. We don't call it that, you know, it's just a place that we're renting. We're sort of just squatting in at the moment, as they may say, you know, we need that sort of, and then we can really focus on the one club mentality, you know, because we are in one place then all together we can watch together we can work together and we can play all in one and i think that's really important and the community side of things i think is looking really good as well from what the ideas they they've put out so i think it's it's only positive really from my um my thought but there will be people that won't like it and you know you, you can't win everything you win some you lose some some people aren't going to be happy some people are going to be happy you know it's that sort of balance yeah
0: i think as well hopefully as planning goes along those those people with genuine concerns about traffic about yeah. you know all all sorts of of issues um will will have those sort of fears allayed a little bit you know we will we'll kind of point out no you know the, the majority of fans won't be parking across your drive they're not going to do this they're not going to do the things that you've been told they'll do you know because here's actually how they'll arrive at the ground. You know, this is where if they do drive, well, okay, yeah, but some people will still need to drive for whatever reason, but they'll park in the in the plenty of spaces in the park and rides that are available. You know, for myself, I've, I've said this before on pods, I'm so looking forward to being able to just hop on a bus to Hadnham, get the train and, and not have to worry about the car, not have to worry about trying to get out of a car park at the end of a game, just being able to have a, you know, coffee on the way or a beer or whatever it is and and arrive in you know in a much more relaxed state than trying to fight my way out of a car park it's it, I yeah. think there's, there's a real opportunity to like i say to put people's minds at rest with, with gen, you know people with genuine concerns because of what they've been told might happen actually no this is really what's going to happen
1: yeah and i think if you th- we're about from the cars driving so we have to drive for my dad we're twenty minutes by car, so we're adding another car. If we go by public transport, it would take us an hour and a half. Mm. So we have to drive. Whereas Kidlington, we probably do a drive and a drop, and then me and Mum would then walk over, um, you know. And so it just sort of eliminates that idea, and people will be like, "Okay, I can go like this." And like, but also one of the other um, from the Kidlington residents is the lights as well, and I mm. think they've seen. On social media and on TV, which doesn't help, it's games where the lights are over the stadium and they're big and they're bright and they, you know, they're in your face. But if they come to even to the Kazam, our lights are inside the stadium. They're sometimes they're broken, so they're not always on. (laughs) But when they're on, you know, they aren't. They're bright, but I don't think they're overpowering, and I don't think they when we spoke to people they didn't realize that the lights would be inside Mm. and if they're doing all this green stuff they would find they'll find some sort of bulb that is eco-friendly i'm guessing as well yeah so it's a lot less light and that sort of calmed people down because they were like oh wait they won't be shining into my son's bedroom at Mm. eight on a summer's night and also one of the other things was is games during the summer that was a big issue. We don't we don't have many games in the summer. You know, we don't have late nights being noisy hooligans, shall we say, even though we're not. Um, and so I think it's just sort of eliminating once we see all the plans, eliminating people's fears. Um, they will still obviously have issues when it's built, but I think people will lighten up and maybe even come once they realize actually oh wait they're doing this they're bringing in more business to my business to their business you know the pubs will get busier the shops will get busier and i think there will be issues obviously but hopefully not too big issues and people will actually see the good side when they've been worried about how it will negatively affect their saturday every so often mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. eradicating their issues their sort of fears um, which I think the planning will
0: hopefully do. I think, yeah, noise pollution, light pollution, I think modern stadium designs, you know, the whole the whole thing about atmosphere in stadiums, you know, something we talk about, the Kassam being really poor for atmosphere. Well, you know, a, de- a design is, is made to keep the noise within the stadium rather than dissipate out, will help, you know, again, people who live close-ish by going, well, I don't want to be, you know, it's going to be noisy. Well, it won't be. Hopefully that that design, the acoustic design will, will keep the noise... Within the stadium itself. Yeah, you
1: know, I think like, they'll, plan, they'll plan that.
2: Something I thought was really good about <clears throat> the meeting on, on Tuesday is that, um, Wednesday, Tuesday, whenever it was, Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. Um, Tuesday. Is, is that the club didn't get an easy ride and nor should they. Um, mm. They were stringently tested and it went back and forward around the table. They adjourned, they came back, they adjourned, they came back. And we we don't, if we get this thing built one day, which we all hope we do, We want to have gotten there by being thoroughly tested because Mm. for anyone alive today, this is the last place Oxford are going to play in their lifetime, right? We aren't Mm. moving again. This is it, you know, so we have to get this right. We've got an extraordinary opportunity here. It felt frustrating watching it, that meeting, and I'm sure being in the room was just unbelievably frustrating, (laughs) Um, but... We got there, and I think, you know, the whole leasehold, freehold thing, as you said earlier, Simon, the club originally wanted a leasehold. Freehold just appeared a couple of weeks ago on the documents, and then mm. now we've gone back to lease. But but that's good for us as fans and for the club, because it protects us more, it protects the football club more from future it owners. And yeah. we
0: it should put as, in another layer of protection. Yeah.
2: If we think we've been tested so far, district planning is going to be unbelievably yeah. thorough. And again... As it should be. It's going to be annoying. It's got to be thorough, and it and it wouldn't be. And and you know, it needs to be robust to
0: to avoid any challenges, legal challenges further down the line. If 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 things are sort of just rubber stamped, then that's not. You're absolutely right. We 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 live and learn. And and a four hour meeting. You know that a lot of us followed online, and 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 a lunch break, and then like you say, a German. In the grand scheme of things, that four hours is 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 a tiny amount of time to yeah. to get to a point where it, it's you know the right decision was made in the end. Well, hopefully, you know, yeah, the, we'll we'll come back over the next sort of three years, hopefully, uh, of the pod and, and talk far more about the stadium. Uh, but for the moment, um, we'll we'll move on to the to the games um, since the last pod, which I think is really just the the one game um, up at Fleetwood. Where we didn't have to put up with Captain Pugwash being played. Um, you know, a, mm-hmm. some some screamer goals. Um, and that's put us now uh what are we? We're a point fourth. off top. Yeah, yeah fourth we, point yeah. off top game in hand over everyone um around us. So, but with a tricky game against Exeter, a joint top, um just mm-hmm. down on goal difference to Portsmouth. Um on Saturday, yeah, two games coming up, Exeter and Stevenage who at the start of the season would be going, okay that might be relatively straightforward. And they're currently sitting second and fifth. Um, So, first of all, great result up at Fleetwood.
3: Yeah, I mean, is that the first clean sheet we've had at Fleetwood? Mm, I'm sure I heard that. Yeah, I think
1: so, yeah. Yeah. And it's the most fans we've ever taken as well. We've never taken that many fans to Fleetwood because they usually do it on a Tuesday night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was still just about summer and, uh, and a, you know, a weekend in Blackpool.
1: Goal was everyone's favourite because there was a hoo-ha about who did the best goal.
0: I I, I would go... I th- Ooh, tricky one. I think Stan Mills.
2: I'm going to go Stan Mills. Well, that was his left foot, wasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's his swinger. Yeah. yeah. I,
3: think, I think that's the one that I'd probably go for, but it's 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 close.
2: Yeah, I mean if we could only have the third goal on Saturday, then that's fine as well.
3: <laughs> yeah. We'll take that.
1: <laughs> take any of them, to be honest. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say, and there's Billy Bowden thing, isn't hey, on a, An absolute peach of a volley from the edge of the box, and you're not really talking about it. So yeah, imagine no,
2: him I, being told as well, by the end of the game, that won't be the second best goal on the three. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: You'll have to just put up with it. But uh, no, I, I, and and that's three goals scored without a recognised centre forward on the pitch. You know, Bodin kind of was nominally the the, the centre forward, but it's almost without saying we're as good as that Spanish team. But there, there was, a you know, for years, the Spanish team played with a false nine, not really an obvious centre forward. And it, it worked for them. I think it, getting goals from all over the pitch, as we have been, is, is going to be... Really important for the for the whole of the season, you know. Not relying on one one player for the goals um, can only be. I good think that
1: play. I think that might be our secret weapon this season is that anybody can score. Mm. The defenders can score, the midfield can score, uh, the wingers. We don't need. Yes, obviously Harris is great up front, but anybody can score, and I think that will become our secret weapon. That teams will be like, oh wait, I need to watch out for everybody, not just their striker and most clubs do just have their main striker that scores 20 but I think this season it will be split between nearly everybody because you know Kieran Brown can score because he scored at Fleetwood last year but then Harris can score and Branigan can score. and so I think that's just really ideal and we haven't had that for a long time you know we've just been relying on like Matty Taylor who sadly couldn't get all the goals that he wanted because he wasn't getting the delivery and all that sort of thing. So I think having the variety of people that can get it in is just, it's just brilliant, I think. And um, I think that could be our sort of our our little weapon that we can, we can keep hold of.
3: Also, we've got, we've actually got a bench now, but you, mm. you mm. look at them coming on and you think, how has he not started? You know, it's, I think Eastwood said during the week, you know, the strength and depth that we have, I mean, obviously they didn't do so well against Milton Keynes. Some of them did, but, um, you know, against um, Northampton, they played superbly. You know, it's the, the, the amount of options that we've suddenly got, it's, it's been an amazing transfer window, an amazing turnaround. Yeah. Um, and that also the youngsters coming through and those that maybe weren't doing as well last year, they have stepped up. Mm. You know, even there's been a few question marks over um, Murphy, you know, mm. he played really well during the week. So, you know, it's, and, it, you know, in a game that a lot of fans would say doesn't count, you know, it doesn't matter it's good to have that attitude and those people fighting it out to play. You know, mm. we, I can't tell you who's going to start, you know, there'll be one no. or two, but I couldn't tell you the lineup, you know, and we could probably last season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we've not mentioned Tyler Goodrum, his goal against mm. Charlton.
0: you know, we, we're yeah. going to have a fantastic goal of the season um, decision to make, but, but you're right. Yeah. You, you know, you've, you've got that strength off the bench, um, that, that that has is going to be very important, and and like you said, Paul, you know the squad that's been built is has been really impressive. Um, and and obviously maybe in January look to strengthen if we need to. Um, yeah, but but certainly so far so far so good. Um, so kind of looking forward to Exeter. Um, yeah, they didn't
3: kind have a good a week, good midweek. No, no, they no, they've they kind no. of um you know um, but that that result will be you know, wiped from the record by the end of the season because Reading won't last. So. <laughs> so it won't count. <laughs> I mean, they,
0: made, they made a lot of changes. But then, you know, would we be saying that if, if we made a load of changes as well? If we'd been absolutely Muller Was it nine in the end? It was nine nil. I think it?
3: they no, changed no. Like, like, I think I think it was pretty much their under eighteens and somebody called Woods. That's right. what I read from one of their fans. Mm. Um but I think Reading made a lot of changes as well. Yeah yeah it can so, it can't help you know that no. that that
0: sort of that defeat so they they they'll be smarting from that um hmm. when they play us um but um what are we thinking i, I know we we always say we don't make predictions but in in terms of expectation then say let's say expectation rather
2: than prediction what are we hoping for i am hoping for a game of football and that's all <laughs> we
1: getting. you're not
2: saying <laughs> any more than that definitely not
3: i don't <laughs> I really can't tell you because I don't know what to expect from Exeter because, mm. like, realistically, looking at the beginning of the season, they lost a lot of good players. They hadn't replaced them, and yet they're flying. Yeah. So I'm kind of intrigued as to what they are, how, you know, I'm I'm look, almost looking forward to seeing what they've got to offer. I think we've got a lot to offer. We'll put out a good performance. But it would just be interesting to see what Exeter are like because they shouldn't be doing as well as they are. You know, they if you'd have told their fans, some of the players that they'd sold and that they hadn't replaced them, they would be worried about this season. Mm. So, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe they've just dug in and they've got that, you know, all against us sort of mentality. But, I mean, it should be a good game of football. I'd like yeah. to think at home we can... We can get it, you know, we we are good, but then they don't have to come at us, which is, is no, that's something true. Yeah, that the, we've struggled it, against.
0: Yeah, the onus will be on us to to break them down. Um, yeah, but but you're right. I think we've said this so many times, especially at this level, it it's not it's not about the size of the club. You know, you can you can look at the Premier League and pretty much within a few places position everybody where they're gonna finish. League one. Yes, the big clubs are there, but the big clubs aren't really performing quite at the moment. And the smaller clubs, if they're well organised... Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, I I saw today, uh, apparently, um, James Beadle's, I think it was his agent, said about how they turned down quite a lot of big clubs. So I thought, well, yeah, and oh, also think... he came to a big club as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's not not just that. Um, But, yeah, it, it, you know, that... that um Stevenage approving it, you know... We we always talk about Steve Evans, um, but he's doing it again. It, it's you know get a, get a team organised um, at this level, um, and and you can you can upset the apple cart, um, mm. but it will be yeah be a tricky one. Um, both that game, you know, the extra game and the Stevenage game, and then that will take us to nine games. We always talk about ten games being about where you kind of think okay now now we're properly into the season. We can we can really assess are we where we think we should be and and 10 games in you would think yeah that would that would be the point at which you you can take stock and and think we we're, we're there or thereabouts so, so those those next two games Exeter and Stevenage, will really sort of show us I think where we are
3: I think actually I mean minus on against Fleetwood the wins that we've got, we've looked good for them. They haven't been screamers into the top corners. You know, they, they haven't been those, I mean, they weren't lucky, but you know, those, those pot shots, you know, it's been well worked. We've created lots of chances and we've done it consistently, you know, you know, every so often you will get a game where everything goes in, but that's Mm. not how we've been playing. We've been comfortably winning. Um, not blown anyone away, but it is funny how every team that we play, it's the worst they, you know, their fans <laughs> come away saying it's the worst they played all season. Whether like, it's because we stopped them from playing, you know, yeah. we're such a good, hard-working team, and we punish them and make them have to work hard by our style, and it seems to be working. And that's it's it gives me confidence that we are we found a way of playing that is consistent and to get results. Um, you know, we're not gonna we're not relying on that inspiration. It's just a general constant threat. It's it's
0: trust in the process that hmm. and the way he wants to play. Um, yeah, rather, like you say, rather than relying on, on a on a piece of genius, it's like, no, yeah. we're, we're gonna get the process in place, we're gonna get Everyone coached. We know how we're going to play. We know when we're going to press. We we know yeah. the, the shape of the team, um, and that consistency is 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 certainly helping.
3: Yeah, we've got creative players throughout. You know, mm. with the, uh, I mean, McGuane is, I I don't, he's just stepped up not just one level, several levels, um, and then you've got Rodriguez who can create. You've got so much pace down mm. the wings and and of course Harris as well you know, it's you've got so much going for us you know but you can't pick that one thing that's going to win us a game because there's so much um it's just exciting
2: moving from 3-0 to 5-0 the women smashed plymouth last weekend 5-0 uh five goals four different scorers
0: there's um there's Pompey above us at the moment but i think yeah we we're just starting to kind of hit our stride a little bit now um mm. i think in, in that table but whether whether you know that's that's too late and and you know ipswich are doing well hashtag united um have put a lot of money in um and are doing doing pretty well so it's yeah it's going to be tough obviously as as at the time of recording no new manager yet um that's that's taking a while i think you know we, Maybe we've learned from that, and we've, you know, the the over over the years, we've not rushed to to sack managers, but we've also not rushed to replace them when they have left. We've often made a, a you know a decision that's taken time. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be happening just yet.
3: And you know, we I know that he's got a lot of um, stick, but Carl Robinson did do the job for a while. You know, Manning, they seem to have got the right person in. The replacement for Lil Gilbert, you, you know, whoever they pick, you're going to have confidence in them. Yeah. Um. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll be within, you know, in-house. Mm. Um. I mean, I know that we're pushing for, for, for the cat. Cat. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we've got to convince I am too. her first. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to convince her first, I think. Which is yeah. in
2: that as well he he told us that last week didn't he he was supporting that idea so
0: one thing i haven't done yet is say hi tim um hi tim so
2: hi tim there was a, a he he tweeted
0: recently about how difficult it's been for people who just want to come along as a kind of a fan that's not yet on the database and and how difficult that's been uh, and he wrote a, a a tweet about how when he was younger you know how he he there were several points in his journey to go to his first game where he could have gone. You know what? This is too difficult, and and not come. Um, I'm so glad, knowing Tim. I'm so glad that he did make that decision to finally come, and and you know, the the club have become a, a a lifelong passion for him. But he's you know he's he's right about how we we need to make it easier for people who just want to turn up. Or, or get a ticket, or go online and get a ticket to to do that. And and him raising that point, I think has been. They seem to have hopefully resolved that now. Um, but but nice one, Tim, for doing that. I think it was an important thing to do. Um, um anyone you want to say hi to? Grace. I mean, we...
1: No, just um, if the club are listening, just thanks for all the support because they've been really open to my ideas for the weekend, and they are. Um, they are very behind this campaign, um, you know, with all the, the media stuff that's gone out today and the rest of the week, you know, and the fan video that they did, they are really behind this campaign, which is really nice to know that I have, I have that support. Um, and hopefully Saturday will be a good fun day. There's stuff going on outside. There's stuff going on, in, hopefully, in the inside of the stadium. So um, it will be the women's team are going to be there. Signing things, giving out free tickets to their next home game, which will be Ipswich, Um, and signing things. There's obviously a female playlist. The players will be doing things. Staff members will be wearing badges. Um, And obviously, Sue and Michael, I had a badge made um, just for our club, um, which you may have seen online. I will post again. And they are available for £3 at Sue and Michael's stand. Um, So if you want to support this campaign, you can obviously buy the regular ones, but if you want one that says Oxford United on as well, um go to their go to their stalls and they're at the women's and at the men's home games and you can you can buy those as well.
0: Fantastic. Right. Well I think we'll we'll wrap up there. Um Grace, thanks so much for joining us. Um Thank it's been enlightening. You. Um and I, I think if, if anyone's listening and and sort of thinking, oh well, yeah, yeah whatever, whatever, I don't need to listen to this. Just if you're thinking about saying something again just stop and think how would i feel if that was my wife or sister or daughter or mum getting you know that said to them just just sort of just stop check have a think and 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 maybe you know realize it's not not the thing to say you know but anyway, until next time, um, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.